Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coding the Future. I am your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, and I'm honored that you have joined us for another episode. Our show focuses on talking about this glorious thing called technology and how it integrates with a business, with your career, with your personal life. And we bring guests on that talk about how to help the next generation, how to drive your business, how to help incorporate tech into your personal brand and your corporate journey. And in general, just how they are innovating and driving their career with that little piece of tech in the back of their mind. And today I am, I say this a lot, but I'm going to go with I'm even more excited today because I have the opportunity to speak with one of the co-founders of the company called The Eternal Fit. And y'all, this is like all things I love tech and jewelry together, and we're going to talk about the amazing innovation and disruption that they are doing in the jewelry industry and how they've taken an idea and made it a reality. So I want to welcome to the show one of the co-founders, Jesse, and we're going to have a full hour of talking about this cool industry that you're in, innovation, disruption, how COVID-19 is thinking allowing us, oh, I don't know if allow is the right word, but it, it's, it's changing our mindset in some capacity around tech and what you think is going to be next for this cool and niche type of business. So, Jesse, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here because um, when I received the information about your company, I literally was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because I am a jewelry person. Now, this is an interesting fact about me. I do not have my ears pierced and I tried for like a half a second and it was done. So I love all things, rings, bracelets, necklaces, all those kinds of things. But enough about me. Tell me about yourself, Jesse, and maybe tell us a a fact about yourself that we may not know. Cool. Um, I'm originally from Queens, New York. Um, My background is in tech. Uh, I have a technology company. Um, Now it's heavily focused in the jewelry space. Um, a fact about myself that people do not know. That's a great question. Um, I've recently become an avid tennis player. <laughs> There's a random awesome. fact. <laughs> it's my uh, COVID skill that I picked up. Love it. And where do you um, play? Inside or outside? Are you still in New York right now? Well, I'm, yes, I am still in New York, so now I'm more inside. But yes, over the summer and beforehand, there was you know, a, lot, a lot of outdoors. That's, that's pretty incredible. That is, a, that is a skill that I have never actually really mastered. I have pretty poor vision. And so the hand-eye coordination sometimes doesn't always come together. I mean, my friends want me to come play tennis because I'm good entertainment because I never <laughs> seem to actually hit the ball. But um, I hear that pickleball may be something I could pick up and do better. So um, I'm interested to hear that. But that's cool. Um, tennis is your COVID, your new COVID skill. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's safe. You know, not not as much uh, trauma on the body. Yeah. So 
I, I was a, I used to be an athlete, um, so it's relatively safe. No soreness, you know. At least so far, I hear I hear about this tennis elbow. I haven't experienced it yet, but so far so good. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey, Jesse. How you you said you've been in the tech world, and of course, we're going to talk about the Eternal Fit because it's a, a really amazing uh, innovation that you you all have come come up with. But give us a little background. How did you get to this point? I mean, what has brought you on your journey to now being a business owner? Sure. Um, I started in the consulting space, um, consulting and technology. We have a company called Social Jet. Um, Social Jet just helped companies sort of acclimate to the online world. We initially, this was about five, six years ago already. We developed apps. We developed. We helped companies develop their websites, build their online brand and reputations. Um, and then through the course of that journey, it led to the start of another company, which is our, which is is our current G. Our current tech side of the business, it's called Geniusly, uh, where we have all unique types of, of technology. We actually have reality. We've created technology in that space. Uh, we did a lot of work in the home decor world. Um, and slowly but surely, we've been shifting towards the jewelry space. Um, we've been spending a lot of time in this space only because it's one of the really, from, from an e-commerce basis or really from an online perspective relative to the major sectors, uh, jewelry really hasn't, you know, fully moved online yet. I would say it's really the one, one of the last, you know, products that have sh- made the online shift for a variety of reasons, and all of them are valid. You know, jewelry is there's a very emotional purchase more so than others, where you know the look and feel and touching it, seeing it, uh, has a huge. It's a huge uh, proponent to, for the sale. Um, you know, that's why I mentioned the augmented reality and things that we've done to help bring that online to in some capacity. Um, about a year ago, we also bought into a company um, called Have You Seen the Ring? Have You Seen the Ring? Very cool concept. It's a online marketplace for pre-owned jewelry. So great place for people to go online and find, you know, exceptional pieces that, you know, at a discount, really. You know, that's the whole idea because they're pre-owned. You can find really some exceptional stuff online. Um, and this was sort of the beginning of, of us understanding how powerful, you know, or the potential in the, the online jewelry world. Um, and we've been, you know, very aggressive in, in taking a stance in, in terms of, you know, focusing our efforts just on jewelry now. Um, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of really interesting things that you can be doing. There's a lot of companies that still haven't really had the ability to go online and do it the right way. Um, and more, most importantly, is that there are a lot of people buying jewelry online now, more so than ever. So the world is going through this like systemic shift, and we're mm-hmm. really, you know, honored and happy to be at the forefront of it. So tell me a little about Social Jet. So this was said that was about five years ago that you started that piece. So yes. you were helping companies find their niche just within the online world, or were you focused mostly on the social? Uh, social media pieces or a little bit of both? Great question. It's definitely both. Um, Really what we were doing is we were helping companies, let's say build or perfect their website. And then once they do that, then help provide the whole social component to it. So really help exposing them via the, so all the social outlets, which is, you know, obviously very powerful. 
Right. So it's it's essentially helping them find the search engine optimization, making sure the website addresses all the questions that people are looking for. Correct. Yeah, there's there's two schools of thought. You know, there's organic and there's paid marketing. You know, organic is really focusing on social media, you know, your social media exposure. So Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, what have you. Um, And then there's, you know, um, like you mentioned, um, SEO, search engine optimization, which is a huge proponent, uh, curating all types of content for Google to recognize you as who you say you are. But not only that, for who, how people can find you without searching your name, right, without searching who you are and, and exactly what you do. So, for example, if you're selling lipstick, you're selling red lipstick, and your name of your company is, you know, red lipstick company, you don't want people to be, you know, you want to be talking about why people are using red lipstick. Now, um, and creating content around that without actually using the, the name. So it's all about, you know, creating unique ways to, for people to find you on this massive, you know, behemoth we call the internet. Yeah, you know, it's a question that it just keeps changing and developing. And you, to have an online presence, well, I mean, honestly, you've got to have an online presence at this point in order really to grow and develop your business. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think today it's the first thing that people do when they're trying to look something up or gain comfortability or just understanding, you know, who you are and what you do. They're looking you up online, whether it be Googling you or looking you up on Facebook or looking you up on Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or, you know, whatever, whatever outlet you're comfortable with. You know, that's usually the first, the first thing that people do today in today's day and age and regardless of age too. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I was just having a conversation with my kids. You know, I have two children that are nine and six, but we were asking questions to Alexa. And I was, my husband and I were having this conversation about how this is just so crazy because we asked Alexa how old she was and she said five. And, you know, I stopped for a second and I thought, oh my gosh, Five, like she literally said five. And we think about how much has changed and developed in those five years since Alexa came to be, right? And what artificial intelligence has meant. But I was thinking also in that same terms about the progression of where we are with the web, where we are with social media, with, you know, how you choose to show up online. Do you think it's important for companies to, we, I know they need a website. We know we need the, the website presence. We know that for a fact, but do you think it's important for them to be present on all social media platforms or just on ones that are going to be the most beneficial to growing their business? That's a great question. I think it really depends on who and what your business is. Um, But to some extent, you know, being online, exposing who you are, exposing how you do it in today's world, it only helps you and only bolsters your recognition, bolsters your marketing, you know, improves your awareness as, as who you are as a company. Um, so there are certain companies that are, are, you know, I would suggest are, are more, they're more in need to focus, let's say on social media or let's say on, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, even TikTok today, you know, there's so many different things that are out there that are, yeah, it's wild. Um, but yeah, I always tease. I'm like, I don't even know what this tick to the talk is. I mean, I mean, I know what it is, but I have not ventured on that platform yet. I just haven't. Yeah, it's wild. It. You know, it's wild also like saying that, you know, Alexa's only five years old. Like, she's this pretty smart five-year-old. Uh, but, yeah. 
but to the same token, you know, kids today and their ability to, you know, really communicate with these with with technology is is unbelievable. You know, I think kids in general are just so so much smarter and more aware than you know I we ever were as kids growing up. You don't have this type of accessibility. You know, my I, my nephew is four years old. He knows every truck that exists. I, he t- asks me for certain trucks that are Legos. I don't even know what he's talking about. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. So he's researched it. Well, you know, I can I can equate that to the same piece. My son, my son is six. My younger son, and he knows just about everything he can find or get his hands on about dinosaurs. And for a while, this started when he was three, four years old, and we sort of thought it would like you know taper off over time. But he has continued his his interest and a lot of Googling, a lot of YouTubing to find out more about dinosaurs. So that is a really cool, and that is really neat. He likes trucks, like all kinds of trucks. Are we talking? Yeah, all kinds of trucks. (laughs) Yeah, anything that's you know anything large, any large truck. (laughs) He knows everything about it, and he's watched ample amounts of videos about it well i also like that he's building with them too like he's asking you for lego pieces to to build and not only learn about it but then figure out how to construct it that's that's yes true very true yeah he's a smart he's a sharp kid so let me ask you a couple of questions so the the businesses that you have been in in terms of tech you know your social jet that you have your um your business now that's developing technology, you've invested in other businesses. Right, that's, that's geniusly. Okay, geniusly, thank you. Um, has there been a piece of technology that's really been a steadfast for you over the years, something that you have always gone back to? Or is there a piece of technology or software or something that you can think back to that really opened your eyes to how it could help solve a problem? It's a great question. You know, technology is, it's so adaptive, right, to current events, to circumstance, to everything that's going on in our lives. It's constantly progressing and changing. Very difficult to answer that question. Um, you know, every few months, there's just new, there's brand new things that are coming about, um, new things we need to learn, new things we need to grasp and understand and really imp- incorporate into, into what we do. So I can't really say answer that question with a with 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 you know with a blatant yes. Um, I would say that because I mean just think about you know even where phones have gone in the last ten years, right? You know you use you think about you know even ten years ago you BlackBerry dominated the marketplace. Yes. You know, now I nobody has a BlackBerry. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Yeah, but now barely anyone has one anymore, right? Right. And, you know, the, and it's just nothing against BlackBerry, but it's you know it's all about understanding how progressive the tech space really is. Things are constantly changing. And, you know, that's also a huge thing about going online is that a lot, there are a lot of businesses, a lot of retailers, a lot of wholesalers, like any type of, really most types of businesses that, you know, have gone about their business in a certain way, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years. And it's coming to a point now where if they don't adapt to the current events, if they don't go, go with the motions of change, um, you're really going to get left behind. You're, gonna, you're allowing new competitors to come in and, and eat up a lot of your market share. Um, and it's leading to this you know, systemic shift across the board. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think for those of us that have been in tech for some time, we, we've seen a lot of the cool – really, we can see the shift in innovation. And I'm really excited that you brought up about BlackBerry because – 
it, when you mention it, I can actually close my eyes and think about when I had my BlackBerry and how the first time I was able to connect it to the internet when I was on the, I was teaching then and I was on the bus going on a field trip and I'm like, oh my gosh, it connected to the internet. I have 4G now. It was like, you know, just as, or it wasn't 4G then, but you know, I was connected and it was, I had data and it was so cool. And you know, so much has changed in those oh, 12 years. I'm trying to think, yep. Yeah, and that was about in 08, 09. And you think about just prior to that, I mean, you could hum along and just be a pretty good expert at Microsoft Word or WordPerfect or fact, you can still use a fax machine, et cetera. And you think about all the leaps and bounds that have happened in the past 12 years or so. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, even I would say, more, I would say five plus years ago, it was, I would say, not far-fetched, but very unlikely that you're going to take your credit card and put it into your phone or put it on, go onto the internet and buy something comfortably online. Right. You know, the world, it, it was people were more concerned. They were scared of fraud. They were just, yes. there was so much unknown. Um, and now it's completely different. You know, we have everything, all of our financial information is saved on our phones. You know, Listen, and, I know. Everything. Everything. And I don't even, like, it's, now it shows second nature. I don't even think about it. Let me ask you this question, and I don't know if you can answer it because this is not, this is an off-the-cuff question, but you mentioned sure. that if, you know, at this point, if businesses aren't moving forward in terms of finding their online presence, they likely are going to fall behind. I mean, even... As much as BlackBerry tried to reinvent themselves four different times, there wasn't, you know, that actually never, that sort of went into the black hole somewhere. I mean, it's been adopted in other ways, but what is a piece of advice that you would give a business? What's the first thing you would recommend them do if they're thinking about figuring out where to start in the digital world? Um, again, great question. Uh, really depends on the type of business, right? Are you a service? Are you a product? Um, so it really depends on who you are. But what I would suggest is there's so much information online. Go on YouTube. Um, start Googling certain things. How can I take my business? You, if you're, let's say, um, let's say you're a service. Let's say you're, you have a cleaning service, right? You're, you're cleaners, um, I would go online and Google competitors, see what they're doing, understand what they're doing, um, understand why maybe they're advertising on Google um, so that they come up locally for local 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 uh, uh, residents. Um, you know, you just want to see what's out there. Um, there's so much to understand. And whatever business you're in, I guarantee you that there is competitors online doing something very similar. So there's really just a lot to gauge and learn from that. Um, it's very hard to, to provide a, a, you know, a one-size-fits-all answer here because uh, it's so contingent on who you are and what you're doing. But um, there's a lot that you can learn very quickly just from just doing a, you know, a simple search and seeing what's out there. No, I think that's excellent advice. I mean, before, because it, there is so much, and as you have mentioned, there's so many different avenues you can go down. And the first step is research. What are, are your competitors doing and what does it look like? What are they saying? You know, even if it's something as simple, because as you mentioned before, it may be that you don't need to be on every social media platform. It may be that you invest in Google ads. It may be that 
building your website and really getting that SEO and blog post and things like that are more relevant to you than doing a Snapchat video or right. tick to the Absolutely. top, whatever it is, right. right? So I think that's excellent advice to do the research, find out who your competitors are and what they're doing. And then how do you begin to differentiate yourself from what the competitors are doing? Absolutely. Which leads me to start the conversation and, and we'll continue in our next uh, segment as well. But I want to know a bit more about, because now you have done a couple of iterations of your, of your companies and now you have uh, dove into the jewelry industry. Tell me a bit about like, like I'm so, I, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to start this conversation that we have to take a break because then I'm just going to be mad at myself. But the, the eternal fit is, is a really innovative way. And I say this because I am a female who has uh, in her forties and I'm not the same as I was in my twenties. So this really hit home to me. And so there's a two points to this that I think you hit a, a very important part in the market of jewelry in terms of size and then the innovative piece. I'm so intrigued about how this type of tech came about. So can you tell our listeners, we'll start a conversation a bit about what is eternal fit and then we will go from there. Sure. So the eternal fit is a line of eternity rings that, um, we have a unique patented band where there are springs on the interior of the band that span two, two and a quarter sizes, two full sizes. So what that means is, suppose you're a size five, you, would, you can buy our, our ring at size five, and the ring automatically ranges from four to six. So it'll comfortably, it'll comfor comfortably sit, uh, sit itself on your finger. Now, if let's say you were to get pregnant, or let's say you even had a salty meal, or, you know, a variety of different things that can happen that can, you know, change the size of your finger, uh, automatically the ring will adjust. And it will continue to sit comfortably on your finger. You'll easily be able to take it off, take it on. And, you know, there's no more of that, you know, the feeling where it's too tight or you can't shift it or anything along those lines. The, the springs on the inside automatically adjust with you. Um, with with ease and comfort. You don't feel it happening. You don't, you don't it just, it's there and it's happening naturally. So how did, did, okay, tell me about the journey for this. I, that's really, I, I mean, we have to, we may have to wait until after the break on this one, but sure. I mean, I'm writing this down about the springs of the band and, the, and, and I'm totally thinking about that bag of potato chips that I ate the other day. And of course, because I eat salt over sugar. And so it's not like it just, it just does it naturally, the expansion, like you don't even feel that the band is changing size with Correct. how your hand is moving. Correct, correct. The, the idea is that we give you ample amounts of space to move up or down. Um, and whenever that, that may happen, um, it's happening naturally. So you don't feel it, but your ring will never be tight. It will never be uncomfortable. The whole idea is that it smoothly situates itself on your finger and, and you don't really have to worry about anything. It's not like you have to like, uh, change the size or some, anything manual. There's, there's no, nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It's so exciting. <laughs> I just think about it as like as a mom, as like a, as you've changed over time because, you know, I, I love my wedding rings and I love to wear them. And I, but there are days where I can't get them over my fingers because I have eaten a lot of salt 
personally, or right. something else has changed. You know, COVID definitely has not been as kind to my waistline as I'd like to say, but you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. And I'm looking at my current eternity band that I have, and it is uh, just a rigid piece of, um, I, you know, platinum or whatever this is actually made of. I'm not even exactly sure, but what I want to talk about when we come back from our break is I want to talk a little about the process of how you started to think about this innovation and how you began to take it to market. What was the research behind it? And then where you see this tech growing? Um, so before we do that, can while we're on break, can you give the uh, web address of where people can check out what this ring looks like? Sure. It's theeternalfit.com. Perfect. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Jesse a little bit about what he is doing to continue to innovate, use tech, and where we see this company growing over the next couple of years as I bring my draw up from the ground because I'm so excited about this piece of innovation. And if you are enjoying what you're hearing and uh like the conversations that we're having here on Coding the Future, I really encourage you to subscribe to the show, download the episodes that are of interest to you, and share with others. The way that we grow our audience and share our information is from people just like you subscribing and sharing their information. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me through the Voice America Network and let me know how you'd like to contribute to the show and talk more about this amazing world of technology. We are going to be back in just a few minutes with more with Jesse, so stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy. Visit the dot .co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coding the Future. I am Dr. Sharon Jones, your host, and we are back with the co-founder of The Eternal Fit, plus a few other businesses he has in his back pocket. With Je- uh, Jesse is uh, with us today. And we started the conversation around this business of jewelry, jewelry online. How, you know, Jesse, you mentioned this, and I, I was a little bit surprised that you said that even, and I guess maybe you're, you're thinking in terms of the high-end market of jewelry really had not transitioned over to that, to the e-commerce platform over the past, you know, decade or more, mostly because I think of online jewelry companies or these mom-to-mom kind of businesses or mini-to-mini, you see some of the more costume jewelry pieces have taken to uh, more of an internet face, but not so much your high end. And you all had the innovation to think about uh, females, which I think is, or males, you could males or females can wear this, but to think about the expansion of a ring over time, because just like in every season of our life or in different parts of our career, we also have different sizes over the seasons of our lives. So um, you mentioned about the springs of the band. How did you even think about to put all this together? Like, where did that come from? It's a good question. So one of our, one of my partners, um, he has seven children. And each one of his kids, his wife wants um, a push present. So she has a lot of eternity bands. Um, so he experienced these firsthand. Um, and I remember when we were discussing this, um, we were just talking about what we can do, how we can sort of solve this issue. Because, you know, you go, you know, especially with eternity bands, the reason we focus on eternity bands is because it happens to be a milestone present, right? Usually to some extent where... Mm-hmm. It's a, you're gifting something because of, you know, an amazing occasion or it could be an engagement, an anniversary, a push present. Um, obviously, there's other reasons, but, you know, we see a lot of, my partner saw a lot of that in his business. People reach out to him to purchase eternity bands for, you know, for milestones. Sure. Um, and when you're buying something, you know, a milestone gift that, you know, that tends to be, you know, pricey, relatively speaking, of course, um, you, you want to buy something that you don't need to worry about, um, further down the line you know a lot of times when you're buying an you know an attorney band and you know for those who aren't aware you know these are rings that have diamonds or or you know stones all around the piece so it becomes if you need to resize it it becomes a very expensive process not only that finding just the initial size when when going to make the purchase also tends to be a very inconsistent um and an intimidating process uh, so, you know, we, we try to figure something out where we can, we can not, first of all, provide you a tool where we know it's going to fit you regardless. So you can buy it online. You don't need to try it on. We know it's going to fit. And B, we also know that further down the line, as you go through changes in life, as everybody does, it'll continue to have that perfect fit. So did you have to go through several iterations to come up with the right technology that would work? Yes. I mean, and how did you do that? Yes. So initially we had to go through a few iterations because the initial iteration we put together was way too bulky. The springs took up a little too much space. So it looked very thick on the finger. The whole idea was we wanted it to look completely natural. No one should ever know that there is this technology inside of the ring that allows it to, you know, shift in size. Um, So we definitely went through iterations to perfect the look, the feel, the durability of the product. You know, we want, like I said, the whole idea was this, there should be no difference between buying this and buying any other, you know, high-end eternity band on the marketplace. 
The only difference is that we know that this will last on your finger. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. Do you ever, okay, so this is a, I mean, again, the innovation in the engineering is incredible. So you know that this ring is going to last. Does that mean that you wouldn't have a repeat customer? Um, I think it would be. I, um, I, we're finding that these stacks, stackables, are very popular. So we sell diamonds, we sell black diamonds, we sell emeralds, sapphires, and rubies. Um, and the combination of these rings together are really fantastic. So, you know, actually we're seeing the opposite. We are seeing a lot of return repeat customers. Um, we're seeing that someone's going to buy, let's say, a diamond or a ruby or, you know, whatever their preferred stone is. Um, and then they're going to come back and buy another one because, you know, they're realizing, wow, this is not only is it amazing, but this is, some, this is an incredible investment because I know this is going to last me for, you know, a very, very long time. And I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, my finger changing size or, you know, age being a factor or getting pregnant or, you know, all the different you know, journeys one goes through in, in the course of their life. Yeah, I would say too, but I, I like what you said that they're stackable. So when we think about an attorney band, it is a single ring. So you could buy more than one to be able yeah. to uh, stack and, and use for, again, for your different milestones. As I mentioned earlier, I was looking at my attorney band that was a gift to me as a milestone when I turned 40. So I completely relate to what you're, what you're mentioning. Before you dove into this niche of jewelry, I mean, I know your business partner had this idea. What kind of research did you do to position yourself in the market to show that your ring is high end and, but still they could purchase online without, you know, without that kickback of, oh, I want to try it on. Right. Well, I mean, first we did a lot of research just um, in different types of rings in general. Um, we decided when we decided we want to go the eternity ring route, um, you know, we really explored a who, who's out there, who's the competition, how are they selling, try to get an understanding of who are they selling to, a general understanding of, of who their market is to some extent. You know, we just try to learn as much as we can, uh, how they're advertising, who they're advertising, any kind, any type of information we were able to gather about any type of eternity band because whole, our whole thing was we, we wanted to bring this online. You know, we wanted to expose this is an online brand. Uh, we want to make the process of buying jewelry easy, easier, simple. That's what we launched during COVID um, because going to the store became, you know, obviously a lot more difficult and, you know, improbable, especially, you know, during, during quarantine times. So the idea was, you know, things are still happening. Um, milestones are still happening. People still are going to need these, you know, these gifts, but, you know, we want to give you an outlet where make it easier, make you comfortable. Everything we sell comes certified, um, free returns, free exchanges. So really we just want to make the process as easy and as smooth as possible to gain, you know, um, the trust of, of our, of our, our, you know, our, our, our purchasers. And I like that you said there's two pieces I thought are really important for us to hear. One is you launched this during COVID. And I think there has been some, you know, there were still things happening. So you saw a market, even though we all, people are, are saying, you know, there it's, there's a lot of unrest and feeling and things like that. But you launched this during COVID knowing that, we still were turning to technology, online shopping, 
there was a niche to be had to be able to do this and to sell it at a price point that people could afford. Because if I recall, when I looked on your website, the pricing was at a point where it's not um, costume jewelry, of course, but you could afford it. You could afford to buy yourself a eternity band at a price that was affordable. Yeah. And we have different ranges you know, to help and with regards to that, um, we have, you know, five point, 10 point, 15 point, 25 point bands for all the different stones. Um, in regards to COVID, that was sort of a, I don't want to say luck, lucky. Um, obviously, we were preparing um, this way before quarantine started. We were preparing, sure. you know, building the product and, you know, all the ins and outs behind it, manufacturing and so on and so forth. Um, and then when COVID hit, of course, we were, you know, we were devastated like everybody else. Um, but we decided on launching for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, we, it, it was sort of, we understood that online purchasing would, could only increase during such times, right? right? Obviously, no one's going to stores. So it was just, it was simple deductive reasoning. We knew that people wouldn't be searching online for things. Um, and secondly, like I said, you know, milestones don't stop. You know, women are still pregnant. Women are still having birthdays. They're still mm-hmm. having, you know, all types of milestones are still happening regardless of, you know, the unfortunate times going on. Um, we really just wanted to play into, you know, being sort of unloading a, a product that was understandable and reasonable to what was going on in the, in, in the world. So it's sort of, it was kind of like just, just the way it happened. You know, we're really grateful to be able to say that we launched a product during such, you know, difficult times. Right. Um, but to the same token, it's, you know, the, the world didn't come to a screeching halt when it comes to things happening in life, you know, yes, a lot of, yes, a lot of hardship, I understand. And God forbid, we're not trying to be insensitive to anyone. It was just to let people know we're there. If, you know, if, if things are happening and you're looking to, for, for a way to get things done and trust, and trust the process, trust what we're selling, you know, that was, that was sort of our mindset and going, going through the Yeah, I agree. I mean, I completely agree. It's hard to, it has been a very interesting six, seven months that we have all been, treading through and you're right that you know there had the devastation has been devastation and we have to stop and pause and honor what has occurred and then figure out a way to pick ourselves up to try to go to the what's what do we do to continue to move forward and I think as you mentioned you you had done the research you've done the product development you were you were ready to step into the space and you knew that this could be an opportunity also to bring some joy to people in terms of still being able to do something nice for themselves. I'm curious as you have been developing your companies over time and really staking your space um, in the tech world as an entrepreneur and a venture capitalist and um, helping to grow your network and, and helping other community um, individuals see the, the positive aspects of tech. How have you also grown your leadership skills as a business owner and as a leader? Fantastic question. Um, I think, the, you know, when it comes to leadership, and again, this is a, it's, it's, a, it's a ladder. I'm always climbing, you know, always yeah. trying to learn, always trying to perfect you know, this is something, it's not something where you just, you know, you become, you become in a position of leadership and you're this leader. <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, you're constantly learning and, and progressing with the times. Um, I would say, you know, really, I, I think it starts with just being grateful, first of all, 
most importantly, really just taking a step back. Um, and I think we realize this now more than ever as, as people who I think everybody knows someone or, or has lost someone directly. You know, you really just got to be grateful for what you have, what you currently are, or, you know, what, what you're, what, what's within reach right now and, and being grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, then really when, once you're grateful, once you're re- able to internalize, you know, being grateful, then, then it takes a step down. I think it, it's contagious, you know, and helping other people be grateful for what they're, what they have and what they're doing. Um, and you create this, this sort of team of unity. Um, and that's what it's all about for us. We want to all be together. We all care for each other. We're very much a family in our business here. Um, and we care that, you know, we want everyone to succeed and, and, and be the, be the best version of themselves. Um, and, and that's really what's most important is, you know, obviously hard work. Um, but, you know, coming out every day with a clear mind, you know, every day is a brand new day. It's also a huge part of our business, you know, understanding whatever happened yesterday doesn't matter. Obviously a lot of tough things are always going on. You have a bad day, but you know, it's a new day today and we can accomplish great things. I like that. I like that mentality too, that, um, and I've heard this a lot in other conversations that I've had, you know, we show up each day, you have to show up. And when you're in the world of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, and this is your business and you're wanting to move your business forward, you show up every day. And what happened the day before, mistakes or positives, you either grow, learn, and use that to, to move into exactly. the next day with, with success. What has been the, for lack of a better word, the coolest part about being a really uh, technic, having a technical innovation in what is notoriously a non-technical industry. I mean, there's a lot of science and, and mathematics involved in jewelry and, and the quality and those kinds of things, but you, there hasn't been huge technological innovations in that industry in a while. So what has been really cool or awesome or really yeah. cool, amazing to watch as you have been on this journey? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, great question. Um, it's, you know, it sounds a little cheesy, but specifically with this ring with the eternal fit, you're really just seeing the reaction of women. Cause I think that we've, we sort of hit this, this niche where the second, you know, any woman really sees the ring and they understand the value that it brings, they, they get really excited. And then, you know, as a founder of this business, you know, that makes me so excited, you know, so it sounds a little cheesy, but you know, that's really what's, what's really cool is that we figured out something that really solves a problem. And I think it's a problem that nearly all women experience in some capacity to some degree. Um, and to be able to provide a, a unique fix, yes, we're not the only one. I'm sure there'll be many others after us. Um, but it's just really cool to be a part of something that, um, you know, really creates this, this buzz and excitement from people who, who see it and experience it. Well, clearly, because I was so excited about it, because as I mentioned, I am a different person at 40 than I am when I got engaged 15 years ago, right? So, there's a difference in in all the pieces of what make me. Tell me about, so you focused a lot on, on women. What about the males? Is there the same technology or something equivalent that would be worthy for a male in a um, in a wedding band or maybe a male does want some type of eternity band or they're of derivative of what that yes. eternity band looks wow. like. You might, you might have a future in this space also. We might have to bring you on. Oh, yes. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, we are working on new lines, um, definitely for a male, definitely potentially wedding bands as well. Um, we're exploring, you know, right now we're still relatively new. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll definitely be coming out with a male line um, sooner rather than later, and then a whole variety of different styles. Um, we want to you know we want we're going to want to basically expand what we're doing outside of just the attorney event. You know, really we wanted to prove the concept first, yes. and then see see where it takes us. Yes, because I'm thinking there's lots of other probably cross-functional capabilities of this particular technology and patent that could be used in other jewelry pieces or even in other, you know, other aspects of wearable technology or fashion. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, so really, we just, you know, anytime you launch anything online, hmm. the world of online is it's so dynamic. Uh, you don't really know until you do it. You know, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can learn a lot from what other people have done. But, you know, like I said, it's so dynamic. There's so much change happening. There's so many new concepts coming out every single day. that you really want to get it out and explore the market and test it for yourself. And that's the only real way to learn it. You know, otherwise you're making a lot of presumptions. You know, I like that you said that because there's also a notion of instant gratification, a, no, a notion of instant success. And one thing you mentioned that I, I did not, I neglected to mention is I know that I was saying you launched this during COVID, but there was a lot of work that happened prior to you launching this product. And that often is not always honored. You know, there is online this sense of like an instant success in terms of, you know, something going viral or whatnot and not really honoring all that work that went into the research. And like you said, just putting it out there online and testing the market and seeing whether or not people even respond or engage. I mean, that's a risk. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, this is the... You know, you have to take risk in life. You know, if you want anything to succeed, you got to take that leap of faith. Um, obviously, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, in, in order to, to conquer any of your goals, you know, you got to sort of, you know, it starts with obviously self-belief. Um, and once you believe in yourself, you just got to put in the work and, and take that leap of faith. You can make anything happen. You just got to, you got to just learn and adapt. You know, I keep using that word, but it's it's so important to constantly adapt to to what's going on because you, we could, you know, first of all, it's not like this is an instant success. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's we're still growing the brand. We're still learning. Right. Um, we created something that's very excited. People love it. But to call it a success, we're far from that. We haven't come anywhere near what we're trying to do yet. Um, uh, I appreciate the sentiment, but you know, we're we still have a long way ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it, it all it all starts with the idea as does anything else. You know, if you look around your apartments, look around your houses, any product you see anywhere with someone's idea before it landed in your house, you know, this is, and, and you know, the, the whole notion that it can become something becomes, you know, it's all starts with belief with hard work and you can make anything happen. You just got to sort of push the envelope and, and then put, put your best foot forward. I, I like that, that uh, I like that statement about if you look around anywhere in your house, it, that was, it started with an idea or it started with a way to bring a solution or to, to make something easier. And the other piece that I, I really honor what you said, and I've said that word a couple of times, but I, I want to say that again, but you said, we still have a long way to go. And you're right, because you have put an idea out there, you've gotten great response but to really grow and create sustainability, it's going to be an iteration. You're going to have to evaluate the market, bring in metrics and data. And I want to bring that up because I 
data is a really big part of everything that we do in technology. And I would say at the core is what runs most of everything that we see on the online world. Data is all of that information that comes back on who is buying, who is seeing, who is interacting with you. In terms of those types of metrics, I know financially you want to have success. Is there another data point or another metric that you are looking at in terms of equating that to success or equating that to moving towards that next level of brand establishment, sustainability, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, data is everything. And when we've, even upon our research and throughout our whole course of building this product and brand and business, we made a lot of presumptions. You know, we know women, we know certain women by eternity bands. We know the certain age groups. Um, and we are trying with this product to really learn who else might be, who, who else this might be viable for. You know, there's a lot of things we don't know, but, you know, we're trying to make this a product that, you know, maybe a 23-year-old girl in wherever, you know, wherever doing whatever can, can afford this and purchase this for, you know, for her own, you know, she's a hardworking girl. She's, you know, uh, she's in PR, she's a hard worker and she wants to buy a product for herself that can maybe last forever. You know, so that's the idea is that because this is a little bit, this is something that it's, it's really an investment that will hold its value over the course of time. You know, we're trying to expand into new and different marketplaces and it all starts with the data. So yes, we had a lot of presumptions. We had ideas on who this would be, you know, maybe most viable for. But at the end of the day, there's so much we don't know. And there's so much we're trying to create. And we're constantly learning and adapting to it. Yeah, you know, I even think about that in my own work. So I work with K-12 entities to integrate computer science. And then I also work with middle school girls to help them understand the beauty of computer science. But one of the things that I find so interesting is that, in, you know, I am a teacher at the core and I have a teaching background, but there are always new obstacles, new pieces of information that come through, new curriculum, the way in which we are formulating our schools, how we're interacting with our students, what what is um, what are the electives, you know, different pieces that are moving targets on a regular basis. And so for me, collecting data points is really important in order to make sure that I'm serving my teachers and my schools with the best information and showing them how to really integrate at with ease technology. And like you said, it's always changing. So a lot of times it comes back to teaching those core pieces of how to manipulate one from one software to the next. And then with the young ladies they're oh my goodness. I know I said to you earlier, but like just keeping up with all the things like the tick to the talk. I had no idea what TikTok was until about, I don't know, like right before quarantine. I mean, I knew it, but it's like, right. I didn't know the power of it until yeah, I really got those data points from my girls. You know, they yeah. loved it and they were doing dances and things of that nature. And I'm going, holy moly, this is okay. I got to get on board. I got to figure this out. You know, I think that's really important in, in growth and, and change in any business is understanding those points. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. It's, uh, we, <laughs> TikTok is really a, it's a, really a remarkable story how fast this like gained traction and how viral it went so quickly. You know what? Amen to that. I have been in shock. I mean, I thought Snapchat had a fast rise to, uh, you know, viral popularity, but TikTok has gone to a whole nother level that I, I, that's another, like my jaw is on the ground, like just wrapping my head around it. Yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, COVID had a big part of that. Yeah. You know, 
True. Well, as we get ready to uh, bring our our time together to an end, I'd love to ask you, Jesse, could you provide uh, three pieces of advice that you would give our listeners if they are thinking about starting their own business, they're continuing their work in their own uh, careers, or, you know, they're just interested in learning more about tech and, and what to do with it. What are some pieces of advice that you can give? Sure. Um, I would say that for people who aren't in tech that are interested in tech, it can be this like um, very intimidating venture or very intimidating uh, uh, sector to delve into. But like anything else that you do, and, I'll get, and, you know, and I, I'm a great example, um, you don't really know anything until you do. So, you know, you want to just, like I said, you know, I said earlier, you want to take that leap of faith um, where if you're interested in, don't, don't, don't be scared. You know, don't, if you, if you feel you have something that you're, you, you believe in, no one knows anything but until they did it. So you want to just kind of jump in the water. You don't want to go in, you know, with your toes and then go into your knees and that's not the way to swim. It's not the way to, you know, acclimate to your body to the water. You want to jump fully in and I promise you, you're going to learn how to swim. Um, over, over the course of time. I'll also say that specifically now in tech, and as we mentioned, you know, throughout our conversation, that there's so many ideas out there. And if you have a great idea and you see someone else had something similar that's out there, don't let that be a hindrance to you. Um, there's so much room for, you know, to really gain market share in this world. And if you have a great idea or you have something that's doing well, it doesn't mean that there's no room for you to come in and, and you know, make some noise in the space. So I would recommend that you, as opposed to saying, oh, someone else had this, let me, let's do something else. I would take the opposite approach, really understand what they did, learn from their mistakes, see what they've done well. Um, and it'll put you in a position where you're poised to you know, really do very well in that space, learning from what other people have done. Um, lastly, last advice, um, just be your genuine self, you know, listen to yourself, listen to what you want. Um, so important. You know, a lot of times people around you will tell you not to do something or to go the safe route. Um, I'm a big believer in taking risk. I know we keep saying that, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a quote that I love. Um, it's, if you only do what you can, you will never be more than you are. So you want to step out of your box a little bit, do things you don't know, and that's how you really grow and, and be the best version of yourself. I'm going to leave it at that because that was amazing advice. Love the quote. Jesse, how can they find more about where to find the band? I know we mentioned it before the break, but mention it again. And is there any other platforms that uh, our listeners can follow you? Um, yes. So you can check us check out our website. It's theeternalfit.com, theeternalfit. Um, we will be in a variety of other places shortly. I can't say yet but we're working on getting in some, you know, really some, some awesome places some awesome retailers and things along those lines. Um, so you'll see us out there shortly. Um, I would recommend this as a holiday gift. I think that your loved ones will love it. So definitely take a look. Um, and yeah, we're all over social media. Also, you can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. It's the eternal fit. Um, and send us a note, send us a message. We'll be happy to help out any questions. You know, we'll, we'll, we're, we're here for you. Thank you so much, Jesse. And my action item for you today is to really listen to those three pieces of advice that Jesse gave to you again and to think about what is that risk that you might be willing to take. And it doesn't mean you have to jump to a whole new career. Maybe it's just trying some octopus 
I don't know. It could be whatever it is that <laughs> makes you step outside Amen. your box. I only say that because I tried octopus the other day because, and that was a huge step for me. So that <laughs> or anything else that helps to open your horizons. And Jesse, thank you so much for being here today. Again, if you all have enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the show um, on the Voice American Network and find out more about the work I do at the .consulting.co or at .erosefoundation.org. And action item again, listen to those advice uh, pieces that Jesse gave and go to theeternalfit.com. Check out their rings, y'all. It's a great holiday gift for any person in your life that loves a good ring. And I will, we will see you next time on the Coding the Future episode. And thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.